Well, hi, everyone. I am so excited that you are back and that you're here watching or listening in. And we have Dr. RJ Jackson here today, and you're going to be in for such a treat. So welcome, Dr. RJ. So glad to have you thank here. You. No, I'm so happy to be here. So thank you so much. Yeah. And we are going to talk about strategies three, and he might throw in a fourth, strategies to motivate and get your tweens or teens to listen. And oh my gosh, do we need that? So if you're worried about your tween or teen, and it's like, how do I motivate this kid? They're just laying around on the couch. I'm nagging a lot. I'm trying to get them to do things. We're arguing a lot. If you're here and you're struggling with this, you're going to walk away with some really great nuggets of what you can do. And I want to just introduce you a little bit to Dr. RJ. He is a sought-after teen life coach in the U.S. He, he loves to work with teens and has the number one success coaching program in the U.S. And the focus of his coaching curriculum is leadership in relationships, ships, academics, and personal development. And his coaching program has over 1,800 teens that go through and complete the program every year. Wow. Wow. So, so happy that you're here, Dr. RJ, and taking time out to speak with us. So share a little bit just about your background because you weren't you know, always doing this and what led you to be doing what you're doing today? Absolutely. So yeah, my background is actually an orthodontist. So, uh, you know, I went to school uh, 11 years after high school to be an orthodontist. I opened my practice about 12, 13 years ago. And really, uh, when you open a practice, you're starting from zero. So you really get a close connection with your patients. And literally like my, you know, third or fourth patient had a, a child who had an eating disorder. And the parent was telling me all about it. And, you know, they went to several therapists and nothing worked. And so we really tried to find a solution for them. And, you know, just for me kind of doing like research, I discovered more like life coaching, maybe a better strategy just from what I discovered. And I shared that with the parent. And I'm like, hey, I think let's try a life coach. I think it's going to work for her. And we searched and there was none that we could find online. Um, so I really at that moment felt called that I, I needed to do it. Um, so I went through, uh, you know, the, the process of becoming a life coach and literally a couple months after, um, I became a life coach, you know, I, after using the principles, she was completely transformed, never struggled with an eating disorder ever. Um, and, uh, and that really set me on my, my journey and I've been coaching ever since. Wow. Just that one, that one, you know, interaction with her and how that changed so much and that she had that amount of growth. And, and where do you start? I mean, these kids come to you and eating disorders, struggling with academics, struggling with low self-esteem, all of these, you know, different things they can struggle with. Where do you start with them that you can turn things around like that? Yeah, I think it's a wonderful question because I think the starting is the key. And, you know, in this this world we live in, we we know that if you have a problem, you know, we should go to therapists or we should go to psychologists. And for actually most of teenagers, over 98% of teenagers, really the first step should be a life coach because it's a different vibe. It's a different feel. In other words, when they come to us, we're not like, oh, you got a problem. We're not going to talk about your problem. 
In fact, we're like, hey, you have goals. You have things that you want. We don't call them goals because they don't call them goals. We have things they want. And it's our job to help them to accomplish those goals. Now, through the process of accomplishing a goal, the problem comes out. And then we're able to address it. But it's just the start is the key. Because if they come in thinking like, oh, wait a minute, we're not here to just talk about all my issues. I'm here to like make more friends. You're going to help me make more friends. You're going to help me, uh, you know, uh, you know, get my parents to allow me to have more freedom. Oh, awesome. And then we work on the, the it's more of an undercover way of working on their issues. Wow. I love that because I work with so many moms and their kids are getting in therapy. And I mean, that's great, but you come at it from a different angle of let's get them to think about what they want. So you're empowering them where a lot of teens, they don't want to go to a therapy practice and have, you know, thinking that something's wrong with them and they need to get fixed. Yeah. Actually, that's our biggest hurdle, believe it or not, is that we have the, uh, you know, is, is the child coming in thinking that, oh, here's another therapist. And then when they finally open up and allow us to do our thing, they're like, wait a minute, this is actually kind of cool. Uh, because we all know that more of the successful people, like if you look at any Fortune 500 company, top executives, they have a coach. So they're like, hey, I feel special. I'm my own personal coach to help me accomplish things. Um, and then, you know, we get success from there. Wow. I love it. I love it. So I'm, you know, let's just say I'm, I'm watching this right now and I'm like, I'm so frustrated with my teenager. Like I, they, they just seem like they're not living up to their potential and they're laying around and I can't motivate them. What would you say? So you're going to share some really concrete things that a parent that's listening or watching this can do. Where would you, where would you start with this kid? Yeah, so this actually is a common issue, as you can imagine. And oftentimes we think to start with trying to encourage a child. That's actually not the thing uh, that the parents should start with. The parents should start with changing the environment at home. That's always step number one. Uh, you know, this is something that we that that I believe a lot of parents miss. It's like problem, let's talk about it, let's address the problem, but no, change your environment. Because that's that really sets the child up for success. And the first thing I tell parents to do is that you cannot be a nagger. You just can't. Like when you become a nagger in the minds of, of the children, you lose all credibility, all credibility. In fact, I also teach on leverage and how to use your leverage to get the child to do something you want them to do. You lose all leverage when you nag. So you cannot nag. So this is a quick tip to help you to stop nagging is simply focusing on one issue at a time. That's it. That'll help you stop nagging. So what that means is, uh, my child, let's say, for instance, is not doing homework, lazy, fighting with a sibling. They're not brushing their teeth, you know, not doing the hygiene. You know, they're arguing, they're disrespectful. All right, that's six things. Now, what usually happens is a parent tries to fix all six things. And then you sound like a dad because, you know, you only get a certain amount of time with your child every day. So all the time, you know, the little bit of time you get, you're like, oh, all six things, problem, problem. Instead, choose one at a time. You pick. I can't pick for you. Whatever's the most important to you. You pick and you start there, ignore everything else, all right? So you got to let them go with bad breath for a little while if you really want them <laughs> to focus on, you know, not, I shouldn't even say it because I'm orthodontist. with the But anyway, you, want, you really want to focus on the one thing at a time. That's what help you to stop nagging. Oh my gosh. Well, you know, because so many of uh, the parents listening are like, yeah, my kid will not brush their teeth. And we just pile on, don't we? And then we get frustrated and then we pile on, pile on, nag more, nag more. And then they tune us out. And we wonder why it's not working. So focus on one thing at a time. So that's it. That's it. Yeah. So number two, 
What right, number two is I, I'm going to need the parents to restructure their roles. All right. This is very important to do because if a child does not buy in to the rules that you have set at home, it creates another point of contention. Because the ultimate, what I'm trying to do to motivate a child is to have a pleasurable environment. What well, can't be pleasurable if you're nagging about these six things and you're staying on top of them by all the rules, and they're not following rules, so then they have to receive punishments. So then it becomes more of a negative environment at home, which doesn't encourage the child to be motivated. It actually, it like pulls out the motivation. Does that make sense? So mm -hmm. these are foundational things. So you need to revamp your rules. I'm going to tell you a quick way to revamp the rules. Now, obviously, there's a lot of nuances, but this is the quickest way to change them. So number one, you want to get buy-in for the child about the rule. And when I say buy-in, you want to get their opinion. You want to get their, you know, their thoughts about the rule. Let's say, for instance, screen time. That's like one of the biggest ones, screen time. You know, say, for instance, you say, hey, in my home, you get two hours of screen time a day. Well, if a child believes that everybody, you know, everybody is basically their few friends is everybody, you know, everyone <laughs> gets eight hours, then now you're the unreasonable parent. And what we encourage the parent, the, the parent to do is allow the child to share that. Oh, actually, parents, eight hours is a norm. What are you talking about two hours? That doesn't work. And you guys discussed that. You, you're giving them an opportunity to have a voice. That's super important, uh, you know, when you have a teenager in the home. And then once you guys, and there's a process we go through to help you to determine which is the best rule that takes what they want and what you want. It's called a win-win situation. Then now they're bought into that rule. But this is the kicker. You have a punishment if they do the wrong thing. But what if your child follows the rule? I always say that's the most boring thing in life is doing the right thing because you get nothing. You get no recognition, especially if there's other teenagers in your home and they're causing more problems. The, the, the attention goes to those teenagers. So if you're the good child, you're doing everything right, you get no attention, all right? So what I encourage parents to do is to give consequences to both. If you break the rule, this is the consequence. If you keep the rule, this is the consequence. Now it puts the child in a position of empowerment where they get to choose. We want them to have choices. Okay, right? If I decide to stay out later than I'm supposed to, maybe because I really want to support my friend, I will do that and take the grounding. They get to choose how they want to handle that. And that will absolutely help empower your child. Yeah, I love that. So going from trying to control things to giving them, empowering them. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And you know what? Uh, I work with a lot of shy kids, you know, confidence. Confidence is where I actually started, just full confidence. And what we always try to help parents understand is generally speaking, the parents, they're the child's first bully, right? It's like, demanding you do it my way you get no voice and that actually hurts the confidence so what we want to do is empower the child give them a voice allow your child to negotiate it, it makes them feel confident honestly sometimes let them win that that builds the confidence so then they can do that out in the in the in the real world um can you tell us like what would a consequence be for if the one kid's not doing it but the other one is doing it, what would those kinds, can you think of a good example of what that might be? Yeah, so let's say for instance, that you're, you know, you have a, uh, the, the, a child needs to be home if they're an older kid, they need to be home by 10 o'clock. If a child comes home at 11, then the grounding or the uh, punishment should be associated with, the, with, with, with what they did wrong. So if they are out, okay, well, I'm gonna take away something of them being out. So now you can't go out for the next two weeks or so. 
But let's say, for instance, for, for an entire month, you've been consistently home every single time. Guess what? I'm going to extend your time. It was 10. Now it's 1030 because you did that. So now they're seeing like, oh, there's value in me following the rule because now I get more time. And if I don't get more time, I, I get take time taken away. So they choose. It's their choice. Yeah. And the, and the power of choice, because they want at this age to be more in control. That's it. So it's a natural yeah. thing. They can't help it. A teenager naturally wants to have more control, more say. They're trying to pull away from the parents. It's a natural thing. Yeah. And then if we're trying to control, it creates a ton of resistance. And rebellion. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. it. So that was number two, which had so many good things in that. And then what's number three? Yeah, so the third one, this one is uh, is, is something that I believe parents um, really want to pay attention to because it's, it's not really that natural as a parent. Oftentimes, we focus on the result. So you study hard, and when you get an A, I'm going to reward you. We're going to celebrate you. You're so smart, all these things. But I really want parents to not really focus on the result because the result can change based on several factors. Focus on the effort. Because now what you're doing is encouraging the effort. You're showing value to the effort because that's all we want of our, our kids anyway. You know, we can't control whether our child will make it to the NBA or become the next president or, be, you know, get this amazing job at Apple, right? But we can control the work ethic and how they go about preparing for something. That's what we want to re reward. Yeah. So, yeah, don't focus on the results. So the whole growth mindset, which is the mindset is such a good book. I know you've read that with Carol Dweck's book. Yeah. Absolutely. So focusing yeah. on effort. And what's the research on focusing on effort versus the result? Can you tell them? Yes, yeah. yeah. actually, um, when it comes to, you know, this is a funny thing you'll learn about me. So uh, I actually do not follow uh, a lot of parenting um, gurus. I don't really read a lot of parenting books. Um, actually, because the reason why I, I do it by, on by design is because I I learned so much from working with teens and families, and I really have my own philosophy. And so, yeah, so really my uh, understanding is from working with parents and children. So yeah, when it comes to like books and like gurus, I'm actually not the best person for it because I everything I teach is from literally what I've tried and what I worked with. And then sometimes the teenagers teach it to me. Like the idea of the child having a say in the rules, a teen taught me that, right? And then we worked on, we tried and like, oh, it works. We tell another parent, oh, that works. Hey, this works. It's been working for 10 years. So it's going to work. <laughs> and you know, I love that because it's not, it's not, um, your idea, it's their idea. And I think that's, that's another thing we can do is like, we have the idea we think is going to work. And then we're trying to make them come on board to our idea. But you're saying it's the other way around. Oh, yeah. I learned so much from the people I coach. And, you know, it, honestly, any any person, I mean, I've coached over 10,000 families, essentially. And you you're going to learn things. I mean, you coach this many people, there's certain things that just scream out at you. So it's easy for me to kind of help parents. And the way I actually structure my parent coaching in my program is I call it hot seat coaching. I have about 100 parents on the call. And literally, I'm on there for two hours with them. And they're drilling me with questions. And they're like, how are you able? You don't know what we're going to ask. How are you able to address them? I'm like, listen. Uh, you know, there's nothing new under the sun. Like everything that you guys are saying is I heard this eight years ago, nine years ago. So, and this has worked for 10 years. I know it's going to work for you. Yeah. And then they try it. And then what did they say? Come back. And what did they say? Yeah, it works. It works. Now, obviously there's some tweaking. So they come back 
And for 80% of parents, it's like, oh, it works. It's amazing. This is amazing. Other parents are like, I tried this, but it didn't quite work. Like, you know, I don't know if we have time, but I'm going to tell you a quick one. One thing I tell the parents to do is how to use their leverage. So leverage is basically your, there's, there's pleasure or things that your child wants. And there's things that your child, they're basically afraid of. That is your leverage. And, you know, we're, if a parent is trying to get a child to do something, we teach them this principle of leverage. And, you know, one thing is, is, is funny is some parents are like, hey, I offered my child like five minutes of extra screen time. It didn't work. I'm like, yeah, because it's five minutes. You know, that's not <laughs> enough to make a child want to do this massive project. They need to kind of, you know, go in hand to hand. So yeah, we do some tweaking as well. Oh, yeah, I love that. So then you keep tweaking, keep trying it. Yeah. And to leverage, what do they want? But yeah, five minutes isn't very motivating. It's not, not at all. And, yeah. and I will tell you, it's it's eight, about eight weeks. So we see our average transformation happens about eight weeks. So if a parent stays committed, you can get any transformation in your child within about eight weeks. Now, what would you say would be uh, would be a good, can you think of an example of a leveraging tool? Like, okay, so don't give them 10 minutes, but what would be a reasonable amount of time? Yeah, so when it comes to screen time, I mean, every parent, you know, is going to be different. We know what studies say. The study's not realistic, just so you know. They average, they say two hours a day is what the studies say for a child for screen time. That's honestly not realistic. I'm not even sure if any adults can stay within a two-hour range when it comes to a screen. But that's what the studies show. So I would tell the parents to try to, you know, be reasonable. You know, hear what your child is hearing. The reason why this is so important is because whatever your child sees, that is their worldview, regardless of what you have to say about it. You know, to you, it's like, oh, four hours is a lot. But to your child, if all of their peers is like 10 hours, four hours is like, it's not even fair. So you definitely want to honor your child's perspective. So talk to them about it. And then I always tell the parents, work with your child. Try to find some way to work with them. Build in a lot of the uh, reward system. So say, for instance, they want eight hours. You want two hours. Maybe say, okay, how about we start here? How about we start with like four hours? But these are opportunities for you to earn more. And then that helps. It's like a win-win for everybody. I love that. Yeah. And so let's start here and then they want to keep on. It's it's motivating, not demotivating. Yeah. I, and, you know, and, and the two extreme types of parents will not work. So if you're a super authoritative parent, my way or the highway doesn't work at all. And if you're the super easy going parent, you have everything you want, doesn't work because now neither one has great leverage. So you always, you know, you want to kind of move to the middle, it's like politicians. It's like they start extreme and then, you know, when it's time, they all move towards the middle uh, because that is where you're going to find success is if you can kind of manage yourself and not be too like everything you say, yes, yes, yes. And not, hey, my way or the highway. That's awesome. So Dr. RJ, you have a freebie for those that are attending. So can you tell them about that so they can get it? Absolutely. Uh, a couple of years ago, I wrote a book, uh, really kind of sharing all of the strategies that I teach uh, as many as I can. You know, I, one thing people are going to learn about me is I'm a direct, I don't do a lot of fluff. Um, and a lot of times with books, you have to have fluff, but mine is packed as much information as humanly possible in this book. And I'm going to give it to you guys for free, completely for free. So uh, if you visit us at drrjjackson.com forward slash book, it, you know, please don't share this out with everyone, but because we're literally giving you the physical book for free. You know, a lot of times people will give you a digital copy for free. No, we're literally mailing you a physical copy of our book completely for free. You just fill out the information and we'll get it mailed to you. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, right below this, 
is going to be the link, the button, they'll push on the link. So all of you can go and you'll see it right there and they can, they can sign up and get it. So tell them where to find you. Cause I know that so many are like, Oh, I got to find, I got to find him. I got to talk to him. So tell them all about the different places they can go. Absolutely. Yeah. So if you want to visit my website and schedule a consultation to talk to my team is drrjjackson.com forward slash coaching. Also, I'm on all the socials. So it'd be the D-R-R-J. So the T-H-E-D-R-R-J. Okay. All right. Well, Dr. RJ, thank you so much for being a part of this summit. I love your energy. I love the positivity that you bring. I love the difference that you're making in investing in teens and tweens and families. So thank you so much for what you do. No, and thank you for what you do. I mean, this couldn't be uh, possible without you putting this on. So I really appreciate that.